Welcome to Pro Bull Talk, where it's all talk and no bull. Get ready to slide and ride. This episode is brought to you by Sutherland Logistics. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pro Bull Talk. I'm Cody Hart, Brandon Wren to the right. We've got Blake Skaggs and Briar Hart. Today is a good episode. I've been wanting to get this guy on for quite a little bit. Um, Wild West Ward. Uh, he used to, he was a former professional bareback rider in his younger days. His dad, JC, had uh, Ward Rodeo Company, and uh, and now he's pro rodeo and announcing. So, Wes, hey, man, I am glad you're on. I'm glad we, we made connection. And uh, I think the first time we talked about this, you was way up north announcing somewhere. Yeah, I was uh, actually uh, on my way to Illinois, I think. Yep, I think so, yeah. And uh, you called to talk about podcasts. And shoot, we got to talking, and I was like, you know what? Wild West Ward would be the uh, be the be be a good guy to get on. And ha- tell me, everybody's going to ask, where did you – Where? Did, I mean, oh, I called you Wild West or, or West, but uh, you've, you've had that moniker for a while. How did you get – how that come across? Well, uh, you know, actually uh, – the sticking part of it come from Donnie Day, I think, you know, being on Steve Rodeo a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he always called me Wild West on there. <laughs> See, back in those days, there wasn't much on TV for rodeo goes. Uh, uh, Mesquite Rodeo, and then yeah. uh, a couple of years before that, they had those rodeo games, and I happened to be on both of them. So I was kind of popular there for a little while, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, I, I knew something was wrong with the system whenever I, uh, me and Marvin Garrett was at uh, Saxon, Missouri one year, and he was the current world champion. And uh, some kids come up there and got my autograph, and they didn't even know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> that made you feel real good, I mean, though, that, didn't it? That's true, though. I mean, you know, it, I, uh, Mesquite and uh, the rodeo games, uh, you know, I was a member of Cross Twisters, and uh, – those about the only two things that was on TV at back back in those days. Yeah, you know, well, rodeo's come a long way since then. Yeah. Now, before you got to riding Bronx, you 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 grew up in the rodeo family and and uh, with JC, your dad JC, and and brothers and stuff, and had a rodeo company and stuff. How did uh, is that? How you kind of got started into bareback riding, or why did you well, pick bareback you know, riding? I, I rode bulls first. Uh, okay. I want to be. I want it. Donnie Gay was my idol, to be honest with you. And then, uh, uh, just kind of started hearing my dad talk about the bareback riding and stuff. And and uh, I, I got on my very first bareback horse in 1976, and that was at a uh, Stigler, Oklahoma. Got on a, a little black horse uh, of my dad's that uh, was uh, Art Mustang. Well, there's a lot of money one on her. Called her. her number was 81, called her Little Mexico. And, boy, she had just kind of dived and just straight down the pin. But she wasn't very strong, you know, but she was good. That was my very first bareback horse in that 76, and it got on my last one in 2000. I hate that, and I bet you remember the last horse's name, too, if it had a name. Well, no. Well, I tell you what, he was a uh, – it was at a uh, Longhorn World Championship Rodeo. We was just talking a, about that. A yep. Ago, Brandon, the Longhorns. Yes, we was the Longhorns. Yeah. Then uh, it was in Little Rock. Yeah. And uh, I had kind of started. Uh, I know already on the backside of my career, and I was already putting on my own rodeo, the Wild West Championship Rodeo. Yeah, and, uh, I remember that. 
it's just kind of like uh, uh, riding was kind of becoming second anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. but I had I had a uh, I had been bat, uh, battling this shoulder uh, shoulder injury for a long time. Uh, Neil Gay had a horse at uh, a Mesquite Rodeo called him Dun Gone, uh, NFR bucking horse, and I'd ridden him before. And that part was steep one time. I don't know what happened. That sucker pulled me off by the third jump. And whenever it did, it, it, it uh, pulled, pulled my rotator cuff. Yeah. And uh, there for a while, I was getting them, what they call them stingers in your neck. Yep. And, well, they just had to come get me out of the arena. And whenever that stinger go down my neck, it felt like that electricity. Well, it just shut my shoulder plumb down. I couldn't raise it up. Or wow. So uh, it, it was always hurt. But it was my free on. And uh uh Wendell Wendell Ratchford was yeah. running Longhorn Rodeo there. Yeah. And uh somebody had he had been hauling a uh a, a, a team roping horse. He was a gray horse <laughs> and uh he was gonna, you know, knock the buck out of him, but the sucker kept bucking and bucking it and so they just kept holding him. And I, I had him and he went straight down the pen at Little Rock. I actually placed on him. But what happened was you know, it, it whipped my free arm back and tore it even more. And uh, so I had to go get it, get it yeah. operated on me. And, and I didn't have no intentions of quitting, but I never got on enough. Yeah. I, and, uh, I I just thought that was kind of funny because we get a lot of guys on here, former riders and, and of whatever uh, event they may be have done. But they can recall all the way back to the very first one they got on. And I could probably ask you, you know, if like you said you'd went to Saxton before you could probably tell me what horse you had there and 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 if you rode him or had however many points i think it's crazy that you know because i can remember my first calf i can remember my last bull i can remember the first bull i got on the pbr final. i can remember just about anything out there and my wife gives me gives me hell all the time she goes well you can remember what you got on 20 something years ago but you can't remember to take the dadgum trash out you know every day so so uh, it, it's kind of crazy that Cowboys are that away. You know, I guess that's a selective memory, I guess. I don't know, Brand, Brandon Ren, do you have this problem? I mean, even though I'm at a rodeo, I know the personnel real well. I have to write their name. There yep, I still have to write them down. I have to write them down as well. Sometimes I go to look at it, to introduce them, and it, it might not be there for a little bit. Yeah. And it's like uh, I had my timekeeper. I know her well. I was trying to call her. I'm like, what is her name? What is her? I had to go through my phone. <laughs> I do. I, I do the same thing. I think it's because we, I mean, all names, everything all night long. We got to be on top of our game. And and I've I've looked over to secretary. I've I've announced rodeos with her. I don't know, two hundred times. You know, in the last couple of years, look at her and uh, uh, oh, it's Rhonda or it's you know this one or that one. And I got to write them down. I got to write them down, or I forget. I'm not sure if that's selective memory or not. Or if that's just you two, you two getting guys old. getting old. That's you know, what I that could be yeah. that some you too, know, especially Brandon. A little. I don't know what it is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll be trying to think of somebody's name, and I'm like, "Come on, come on, Lord, give it to me or whatever." It is. <laughs> come to me a little bit, but I mean, if I'm up there announcing, I got to take my time and make sure I've got all my notes yeah. written down, pickup man, and all that kind of stuff, you know, because yeah. uh. Whenever you go to introduce somebody and it ain't there and you can't, you don't know what it is. It's not. It's not a good moment. Uh-uh. No, no, not no. for sure. Well, you, you you rode bulls. You said in your bareback rode a little bit. What made you? I mean, the first some of the first announcers I ever heard when I come onto the scene um, as a junior bull rider and kind of getting on some stuff was your dad, JC. 
Um, and that was some of the first, you know, in in person announcers I got to hear. When did you make the transition? And go, you know what? I think I want to pick up a microphone and talk for a living. Well, you know, uh, I had no intentions to be a rodeo announcer, none whatsoever. I was all actually producing my own rodeos, and I, I was at uh, Sherman Dennis in Texas mm-hmm. rodeo. I had that rodeo, and uh, the announcer I had, y'all, y'all both probably probably know him well real well his name is dusty brock yeah, i do yeah a lot of talent and but dusty wasn't hauling no sound no more but we was he was, we was renting sound so the sound was going to be there anyway and the sound guy goes who's announcing Sherman?" and i said dusty he said no he's going to seymour and uh i saw him a couple weeks before that said i'll see you at Sherman. and but somehow enough we got the, the wires crossed and i I had called a few other announcers. I was pretty particular about, you know, how I wanted my things done and all that certain things and, and openings and stuff. And, and uh, I called a, a couple guys that I thought would be right in line with the way I wanted it done. I, I, I didn't have them in the budget. So that's when I put picked the microphone up right there. Just out of necessity. Uh, yep. Accident. I mean, had to do it. The sound was that's where, that's where it started. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I've had I've had uh, several people tell me, uh, said you know your daddy, well Gerald Smith is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know down here in Bogota, Texas. Mm-hmm. Your daddy, if he focused on uh, being an announcer, he could have went to the top because he had a, you know, a, a whole lot better voice than I had and everything. But and a lot of people don't know this, and I didn't know it till a couple years before Dad passed away. Uh, y'all know who Joe Simon is. He is oh, yeah. uh, Joe Simon, like the uh, the horse, biggest horse trader in America. Well, back in the early days, there was a guy named Audie Owens who was out of Missouri, and he was like Simon is today. As a matter of fact, Joe Simon's dad was a pallbearer at Audie Owens' funeral. Well, Audie Owens was also putting on rodeos, and he put on some PRCA rodeos. Mm-hmm. My dad was announcing for him, and he wanted my dad to be his announcer at this PRCA rodeo, and he turned it down. Oh, wow. I said, Dad, why would you turn it down? He said, well, I had my own strength of stock, and I want to do, what I want to do. do my thing. You know? And Dad also was appro- approved by the PRCA whenever I was a kid. Had to bring in five rodeos. elected like not to do it. If he would have went back then, we would be right there with Barnes Rodeo Company. Yeah. Over, over Rodeo Company. Right. See, next year it'll be 75 years. Uh, yeah. Yep. 75 well, years. I can tell well, you about 30 years ago, mm-hmm. I was entered in Blue Ridge, Texas, and I was probably 50, I think I was. You had the cat, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I had, uh, I, oh, I was like 15, and, and that was the first rodeo, CWRA rodeo I'd ever went to by myself, because I traveled with JW, and then uh he had went somewhere else or my mom and dad would take me or something and they finally turned me loose i had my permit and uh, my driving permit and took off blue ridge texas and get down there and i've got the bounty bull man <laughs> and i'll never forget it it was it was held towards the end and what's that because uh, i said it was a big matchup everybody's talking about this kid from oklahoma yeah he's hard he's a bull riding dude now he's, now he's got sketch and i mean Scat is one of them bulls that, that you wanted, but you didn't. If you uh, 
stuff she told you. He done yeah. bucked you off. But, uh, I, and I, I remember riding him and the lights going out. The lights went you know, out at the arena. And then the lights came back on. I still riding him, and the lights went out, and then they come back on, and I stepped off because I, hell, I got scared. <laughs> and the daggum judges said I slapped him, and I was like, I'll be doggone. Are you kidding me? I said, How could y'all see? I didn't slap him. And, uh, because he went a couple and was turned back and, and just stayed, he stayed in it once he went. And, uh, yeah, they, they said I slapped yeah, but he him. Was, he was that was a bounty bull. It, wasn't he a little bit there, Cody? What's that? That talk like you uh, guys talk like it whenever he was spinning, he was spinning so fast. And, uh, you know, we've got him on tape there where he made 16 rounds in eight seconds. I don't doubt it. Yeah. But, I mean, I know we was going no. fast. But they claim he's going so fast that, it, you know, Mike, Mike Erickson, he told me, he said, it felt like he's stuck in your eyeball with that. Yeah. And uh, he got back up in it a little bit, too. Yeah, he did back. He had some backup to him, but. But you take that scat cat bull and you go over through the years, you, you fast forward. I mean, Cody's just a, a little bit older than me, not much, but you, you fast forward a few years into my era. Thanks for bringing that up. I, I said a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. But you get to my era, that cat bloodline was still there. I mean, you, you come into the late 90s, early 2000s, um, there was pole cat and this cat and Arctic that cat. cat. And Arctic cat. And they all went back to the great scat cat. And even on our – Or hooter, yeah. yeah hooter. And even our, our level – um, our age group of guys come in there. I mean, I, that's where I got my start. I'd been on like five or six little steers at a practice pen, and the first rodeo I ever entered in my life Ward Rodeo Company, J.C. Ward. Um, mm. It was down there at the ranch. It was at the at the, at the house. You know how them them uh, them cat bulls all got started, don't you? No, or sir. do you? No, sir. No. I'm gonna tell you. My mom is from Louisiana, and my dad used to go down there and buy roping cage and he'd buy them little you know back years ago that's what they wrote was brammer brammer uh, tie down cage or uh, yep or uh, brammer cross cage well uh dad would always go down and for uh, three or four years or he bought a set of roping cage well uh, one of the old bulls that really loved and he was a bucking dude was a bull called tight he was actually a louisiana roping cage whole cat was a Louisiana roping gang. And, you know, uh, that's where they come from. But whenever Polecat died, he was the original one that we started with. He was 18 years old. Wow. And, and dad had, had uh, kept some of those uh, heifer calves as cows and as his white, white bremas. And we put Polecat on them, and that's how we got our first uh, set of Cat bulls and it was about all six, I believe, that first year. Yeah. And then, uh, all, all of them, bull, well, there was two heifers, I think, but there's like six bulls. And they all bucked, you know. And they, what I like about them is, is that, that, uh, that cat blood's, I mean, it's got heart too. Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've seen, uh, I've seen scat cat get aired out. I heard plum out one time up there at, uh, at the half water. And, you know, it, it didn't hurt him. He didn't slow down. I mean, he, he just kept bucking, you know. Yeah. And uh, they've, uh, they was kind of little there for a while. But, you know, they've uh, uh, got 
got a little size to them now and everything, but you know, it, it it's kind of like anything else. After a while, it kind of seems like it starts getting deleted a little bit. But uh, yeah, I I had a bull one time. Uh, well, my my daughter's mother, whenever she and I got married, she had a uh, some Timbrock down, and just just a handful. And uh, one of them showed more grandma than than Simmental. Yeah, and uh, she was kind of standoffish and everything. And I told her, I said, uh, if you would breed that cow right there to a bucking bull, she would probably raise you a buck. Well, so I had this. I wanted. I went to my daddy. I said, Dad, won't you let me borrow one of them good little scat cat calves? Don't cows down there, you know, big enough, old enough to breed, but not really good, but old enough to haul yet. Yeah. He said, Son, that woman will divorce you, and you'll have that cat blood scattered all over Texas. <laughs> well let's uh speaking of scattered all over let's let's take a quick break for a minute and uh, recognize some of our great sponsors real quick this episode is brought to you by dennis davis bucking bulls Lori crank sutherland logistics blake skaggs bucking bulls print and stitch company all right so so just to clarify here real quick before we get scat cat blood scattered all over texas uh we're talking about your ward scat cat, not 81 scat cat that Sammy hauled and was actually out of Hooter that went back to Charlie John Coffees. This was this was quite a bit of time before that bull came around, five or six years probably. Yeah, our, our scat cat was, was uh, had some mage on him whenever uh, Charlie John's yeah. scat cat around. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, but actually, that, that, 81 scat cat seen more uh, country than our scat cat. Right. He just stayed right here. In the yeah. but, uh, how do you think that you bull would? How do you think that bull would compare to some of the bulls today that you see? Well, you know the the uh, the breeding programs is. I mean, it's, Whew, yeah, it's done well. It's mm. done. It's really, really done too well. Yeah, it's outgrown uh, the bull riders. And you know, it brought in a lot more pre- uh, uh, different kind of people. In the, you know, they, they a lot of people on, on the boat. They I got a backyard. There's two standing in it. it. <laughs> but uh, take back. I, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's my theory on it: is there's there's always been rank boots. Absolutely. But there's there's more of there them. There is now. absolutely more of them now. And. uh Scat Cat was never considered a a uh, double rank bull, but he was a, he'd be in like what you had in the TV pen or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I think he's you know right in there like, same line with Wolfman uh, yeah. around and uh, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, they won a lot of money on him mm-hmm. when they rode him. You know. Yeah. I mean, back then, it they'd win rodeos when they rode him. 86, 87 points. Well, it kind of, everybody says it's kind of like 10 points added on. To oh, absolutely. Then. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's done it for TV and ratings. Yeah. I think. So I've talked to a you few know, old I, bull riders and they say the same thing. Most points I ever was was, uh, was 87 points. And I did it twice. Uh, once in Pasadena in the short row, uh, it was a big open rodeo then. And, uh, 
I had Qaddafi. It was a Qaddafi reigning bucking. Yeah. He was the reigning bucking horse of the year, and uh, I had him at Casper, Wyoming, in the uh, in the building there in the fall. Yeah. It was kind of like the season finale or something. They call that rodeo. I flew to, I flew up our uh, from Houston because I was at uh, uh, Liberty the night before, and you know I was shit. I'm scared to death, really, you know. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I, I like to kind of tell them a little bit about hearing a little bit. Jack Wiseman is the guy that taught me how to win. If we want to go in that story, we'll come back. Yeah. To it. But, but I flew up there and 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 uh, you know uh, I was nervous. Sure was. Yeah. I mean, uh, I got a picture on him where he's. Looks like a jumping show horse. It's stretched out, but he's about four foot in the air, and you can actually see the judge underneath him on the other side. It's a pretty cool picture. <laughs> I like uh, them old pictures. You know, I uh, I mean, I, I got, I had a game plan, and uh, and it worked. And I'm, I'm telling you, he felt really good. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, I was like, dang, that horse felt good. You know, and, uh, you know, it could be a different trip too, but I. I mean, it, it it went great. And I thought, man, I'm going to get me front page sports <laughs> news, you know, 87 points, win the rodeo. That was the same year that Ty Murray rode that spinning border town at Flying Five yeah. at the Capitals for 92 points. So he got front page, and I got a little bitty picture. <laughs> <laughs> but back in that day, wasn't it like for the bareback riding, uh, wasn't it very hard to be 90, like, 87 was something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah 87, 87 was something. You know, I mean, that, and that was on the reigning bucking horse of the year. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, it was, but I mean, the breeding program in the horses is even, in, I mean, it's just amazing yeah. how good they are. But, the, and honestly, and correct me if I'm wrong, Wes, I think the breeding programs for the horses has been around longer than the breeding programs for the bulls, really. Because especially up north, you know, with Calgary and and uh, and Simon and Sankey and and all them, uh, I think they've been doing it for a long, long time, long before ABBI or, or anything like that come around for the Bulls. Well, see, uh, truth be known, my daddy would probably be one of one of the oldest bull friends there is, uh, because he didn't he was raising bulls way before bull. Raising never even got in anybody's mind. The reason he was raising because he couldn't afford to buy them at the sale wall. Yeah, yeah. And, but uh, what he would do is, you know, uh, Dad's always he, he he worked hard and he had twelve kids and he raised four and had to pay child support on the other eight. I mean, uh, I, I told him one day I said I tip my hat to you because I never seen you working a job for anybody other than yourself. Yeah, and, uh, wow. You know, I mean, uh, that's he, a hell of an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, I'd, uh, so, you know, we, we wouldn't raise with a silver spoon or anything like it. You know, and I mean, it's, it's just, uh, hard work, dedication, and that's it. So, going back to your riding career, how far did you make it? Like, did you ever make the NFR or not make the NFR? Or? Never did. That, that, that was, uh, that was uh, well. Whenever 
I didn't make the NFR. Well, I finally, finally realized that, you know what? I'm not actually, I got to change something up. And I did run at the finals, uh, four or five years. And, uh, you know, I went to every rodeo that the people that were going and did it. Just, I was like 17 one year. They got to go and I didn't. And, uh, got to get a shot at that big, you know, that's worth money. How did that and, feel uh, to go hard all year long and, and, and give it give it all and wind up 17th and it just basically just miss it? Probably by just a few hundred dollars, I'm sure. And just, well, no, you know, you know, it's just, well, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, whenever I pop comes to saying, hey, look, uh, I need to change something up. And I've always, I've always worked and wrote. Yeah. And uh, I've had a fencing and welding business for almost 40, well, 40 years, right at 40 years. And it, it got inspired through building the uh, uh, Lane Frost's working pens. Yeah. Will Wright Arena yeah. there where, where you and J.W. coming down there for, at the yeah, school. At school it? one year, yeah, I think it was 80, 87 or 88 we went down there and, and rode in the arena. Well, and then. And Yep. And then they had a mini bull riding, I don't know what, eight, nine years ago, something like that, yep. that, that we Wes did. Wes was there. Yeah. Blaine, yep. Briar, and both my two youngest boys, Briar and Blaine, rode there. I commentated, you announced, and uh, I think you told me a story about that arena one time. Oh, you talking to me? Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. About, about Lane yep. welding the truck oh, in the arena. Oh, we, we worked our butt off back there. And it was just right there behind the, uh, the squeeze tub. Yeah. And well, well, Lane had went and borrowed a welding truck off the neighbor down the road there. And I mean, they, we was just a bunch of, uh, well, we'd been out of school maybe a year or maybe two, but we were still pretty young. And, and uh, boy, we'd, we'd try to get something done. Yeah. And we had worked our tail off all day and um, day long. And then here comes Clyde up there right before dark and he, He's going to feed his dogs and do the chores. He's got the damnest look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Clyde goes, how are you going to get the truck out? We had we had, we had had welded all around that truck and built it. And there wasn't no gate. I had to cut the slope down and get the truck on the outside of the feet. That's a true story, too. Yeah. Mercy. Well, how, did you, how did you meet Lane? Well, you know, that's a... Uh, Whenever I didn't know this at the time that I that I seen, but whenever they come down from Utah, see Freckles Brown and Clyde rodeo together. Freckles is the one that found their place in uh, in Lane, Oklahoma, and they they moved from Utah to Oklahoma just so Lane, I mean, be around be a bull ride, yeah. And you know, as close to Freckles, and I mean, that was uh, that was Lane's idol for Freckles Brown. Yeah. The first pair of shafts that I seen right in was just kind of like Freckles. Yeah. And all that. So, but whenever they come down there, had moved down there, uh, we had had a road, uh, we had a rodeo there at our house. It was like a fourth, fourth or something back then. And uh, Elsie had seen a poster in a toka. And it, uh, uh, she called to talk to my mom and said, uh, 
want to know how how rank our bulls was, and you know Dad's always had some pretty good I mean, ones. Yeah, they he's had some good ones throughout the years. And, mm -hmm. But I was about fifteen then, and uh, I was into the bull, and uh, Mom she told us she said, "Well, my son's fifteen, and I think they're too rank for him." Well, see, Lane was a year and a half younger than I was. And, but I remember seeing him. He was there at that rodeo behind the bucket jeep. And the, the Frost family just come to watch the rodeo there. Lane got back there behind the sheets, and he was checking me out. <laughs> and he later told me, he said, if he thought I could ride him, then he could. He was sizing <laughs> you up. <laughs> and, and I remember seeing him do it. But I didn't know it at the time that that's who the hoodie was. Right. And then uh, later on, we we become friends. See, uh, you know, high school and youth rodeos. I got you. Going and going, and then you know, I, I spent a lot of time back across France, and I mean, we would get up. And, I even had my own bedroom. Work, 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 right till <laughs> time to get ready to go to the rodeo, and then drive like a bat out of hell. And I was always in the back riding, so I was always kind of trying. Can we you hurry up? Can we hurry up? <laughs> I know y'all are in the last event, but I'm in the first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, see, there's a guy named Blake Lornball that went with us. He was, uh, you know, I, I told the people, I said, I guess Blake and I were like the Lane and Tough. Of, I mean, uh, Cody and Tough, Lane and Stumber. Yeah. I mean, we, we went to a lot of roads. But we'd always drive like a bat out of hell because we had to do all this work. Because I mean, <laughs> them frost people, them frost people work. Yeah. Uh, I went down there one time and they, I didn't know what was going on. This guy, different looking deal. They was picking up sticks out in the, in the pasture roots and stuff. And they had towels around their, their you know, over their heads and like them, <laughs> like they do over in the Middle East. Yeah. You know, keep the sun off. And we picked up a lot of roots and stuff. <laughs> wow. I mean, just cleaning the place up. But I mean, yeah. we've. Uh, I mean, every time I was around Lane, we always had some kind of a. a we was either working cattle or, or some kind of project, and it, it's like we had been working together forever. Wow. I don't know what you know, and and uh, I do remember this. I first see. I, unfortunately, I've been married and. Uh, divorce wife, but both both my children's mothers have been named Kelly. So two Kelly, so Kelly one and I was was having was getting married, and Lane was the best man uh, in my my wedding. Yeah. Uh, we was having the rehearsal dinner, not for the, the wedding. And that's when Freckles passed away. Wow. Yeah. Lane, he wanted to be here, but he you know he he's pretty. I bet. But what's special about it now is is where their final resting place is is about twenty foot apart. I yeah. mean, they're right there together still. Yeah. You know, freckles yeah, right and lane. there side by side almost. Well, do you remember where you was at the day that 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 you got word that Lane passed? We did, sure did. Yeah. Um, my my first Kelly, same one again. We had been a uh, we had well you know we ended up in. In divorce, but we've been having not such good days. But so, and I didn't enter Cheyenne, so I stayed home. And 
back to uh, uh, what I was going to say about my rodeo and walk After I finally quit chasing the NFR and started running my fencing and welding business and letting the rodeos come to me, mm-hmm. that's when I started being more at a rodeo than I ever, I ever did. And uh, that's when I started making money. Because I was working and everything I'd win would be like money. It took a lot of pressure off of me because when you're when you're out there rodeoing and you run out of money and you're trying to make the NFR, that's not a good thing. No, no. no. And, and it's hard to hit a buddy up and go, "Hey, you know, yeah. can you float me till yeah. I get back on my feet again?" Yeah. And, yeah. and everybody that has rodeoed in life up and down the road, especially professionally, has been in them has had that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's whenever I started uh, seeing more out of. My rodeo was whenever I started staying home, running my uh, welding business, and I still rodeo on you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, come home Sunday, and uh, but it, that's a lot of them be here close to Texas, and yeah. uh, I never bypassed Mesquite. <laughs> that was always a good place to go for a truck ride. <laughs> <laughs> you go down there and get a welfare check. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, uh I uh I was I mean, my speed champion one year but I was run up two other years, so uh huh? you know uh to get uh the rack G bunch Bill Gages come. I looked up to him like I, I would uh, uh you know, my own father. Yeah. Got to be around him. I tell you, a bareback rider that I remember from the Mesquite days, and I am certain you know who I'm talking about. You remember a guy by the name of Robbie Vaquero? Yeah, we called him Crash. Crash, yeah. He he was always fun to watch because he'd get wiped smooth out out through there. I'm pretty sure he got on his first bareback course there ever. You know, uh, uh, Robbie, he had a he, he was pretty famous. Yeah, he was and, uh, from Mesquite. He had a uh, he had a lot of fans. And, uh, mm-hmm. He was he was a very well known cowboy, and uh, that's whenever you know Ty Murray was back in his heyday and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Ty Murray is a hell of a cowboy. Damn right. And uh, uh, I would like to see. Well, that's Stetson Wright. It's as good as I've ever seen him. You ain't a kidding. Ty Murray could beat you in three, and. Uh, Back then, Robbie Vaccaro might have been more famous than Ty Murray. I agree. That's worth something. Because of Mesquite Rodeo. Because he was on every single week on TV. That's, uh, you know, that was the only thing that was on rodeo. That's it. On TNN, man. You know, uh, I had, I had, I had people that would, that would contact me, uh, you know, like send a letter or something. That would come watch me ride from Alabama and stuff like that. That I've had people that would uh, that would bring me uh, gifts and stuff. I got a belt in there, a guy made me, and I still wear it as a work. <laughs> and uh, he brought it to me at Mesquite, and you know, but you you uh, this was before the PBR and all that too. Yeah. Now, when the when the PBR come around, they took talent and made them superstars. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they, but 
that's why what rodeo needed that they could become like a household yeah name they yeah. could follow them and uh, that was the thing about mesquite uh, it they was could out in front of them and yeah and now you got social media and you know the, oh yeah the yeah cowboy channel and you can go watch you know the hundred days hundred rodeos in a hundred days and and all that yeah. stuff it's just all at your fingertips now and well who's doing mesquite now Stay Smith, Stay Smith was, Stay wasn't Smith he? Had it. But yeah. he, he, did, he does a series still down there, I think, doesn't Can't, he? I think Stay still has it. Still yeah. does it every Saturday night. A couple of years ago. Yeah. I know he did last year. I haven't yeah. really followed it much this year. Yeah. But I, 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 got a, I got a question. I, I, I've been thinking about it the whole time we've been sitting here. You've been in a business your whole life. What have you seen from the beginning to now that is really pushing the sport to where we think it needs to be? There's a lot of changes over the years. There's been a lot of changes, but I'm going to tell you something. Cowboys, you know, I think the best thing that's ever happened our Western Heritage and rodeo industry. Uh, the breeding, buck, the, you know, the, the Born to Buck breeding program changed a lot, too. I don't know about these bareback riders. Now, they, they're some riding son of a gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the bronc riders, too. I mean, they're very talented. And you would think those riggings they ride with would be ideal for me. And I tried one of them right before I quit. <laughs> and that was the worst yanking I had ever taken. And I was like, if I had to ride that thing another one more horse, I probably probably would probably would retire. <laughs> I went back to the old uh eight twelve of Barso's but those riggings and you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, Kirby Berry, he's got two boys. He, you know, one of them is second in the world, and and the other one is uh is still on his permit actually, but he's a bareback riding dude. But he's telling me about how they uh set up the riggings and everything. Now and you have you gotta have this elbow brace, all this stuff. It's almost scientific really? now how they set them up. Oh, it, it is. It's very scientific. Huh. So, you know, I uh I was gonna help a young man up there in uh. Minnesota worked on his rigging. Well, you don't want him to do I said, let me call Kirby and see, see if this is what, how we do it still or what. He's like, you know, they put an epoxy and fix all this stuff together. I mean, a lot more. I said, you know what? I think I'll just let you. <laughs> <laughs> you just take it from here, buddy. I'm going to mess it up. But I mean, the, 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 the bucking horses have been amazing in the boat. Book. It's gotten way above the talent. Yeah, know, uh, it has. Basically flooded. But uh, those horses that, that are everywhere now, they, you, you used to only find them up in Canada. Or yeah, North. them big feather-footed yeah. suckers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now we got them here in Texas. Yeah, we do. Yep, for you sure. Know, back, in, back in those days, it wasn't nothing to go a month, either in the bareback riding or bull riding. And – not draw something that you could actually win. Yeah, you might go or, a month. You might draw one twenty-two point bull or something in inside thirty days. It may, and then again, you might get lucky and, and draw two or three of them in that month. And now, you know, we we was uh, we had Byron Walker on earlier, and uh, he was talking about how they how the draw was set and uh, how how the PRCA does it. You know. Enter, going, we was talking about rocker and entering rodeos and stuff, and you, there's an art to that. 
entering a rodeo. You got to know when the bull, when, when the when the best stock's going to be out. What you know, what night that uh, contractor puts the best animals out. So then that's the night you want to enter, and so you got the best chance of winning. And uh, I, there's a lot more logistics to it than what people think. And uh, was that still present back when you was rodeoing a lot, like when you began? And did it, did you see that progress on? As, as the years went on as you was riding well you know i don't really even know how the how the entry system works now but back in those days it was uh uh gonna interrupt to four people yeah buddy system uh, buddy system but you had to be in the same event yeah and uh you know that's uh i don't know i've asked had a lot of people ask me say well why wouldn't you in the in the eight second movie i'm like well that movie what wasn't really about Lane's younger days, and I rode barebacks. When we both got into PRCA, we couldn't rodeo. And yeah. besides, he was going uh, a lot harder than I was, and I was yeah. starting to do my work thing and let the rodeos come to me. Yeah. And uh, so, but I uh, I forgot where I was. What was I talking about right before that? <laughs> How to enter the entering system? The entering system. Yeah, the entering deal. The entering deal. Now, I, I had my own crew, and I had a, a I don't know, a boy named Jim Richards. I don't know if y'all know him. South Texas. Jim was a shade, he was a shade tree mechanic, and uh, he had to took steroids. I ain't never seen nobody that day. <laughs> he's, a, he, he's a tough cat now, but he. Country boy, and he's a bareback. He could he could ride him. Had a, a guy named Chris Gay, who's real, really nice guy, and I mean a really good, pretty bareback rider. And we called him Big Tex, so uh, John Brockway. You know, if you had a definition of a Texan in the dictionary, well, his picture might be in there. <laughs> so we first figured it out. You know, if you enter as one yourself you're probably not going to get your permit no and uh and but it seemed to work better if you enter two oh you'd get have a better chance of getting the preference you want them by getting traded what they call it so we always tried to enter uh four man or the or the or two i never did like doing three because whenever we uh we would enter three it's like and we're just pumping uphill and, and you ain't getting nothing drawn. You ain't winning nothing. And and then one year there, uh, uh, Lance Crump and I rode you together. Okay. It was like I was drawing. I was drawing. Sorry, Lance. He was, that's the first time he went to the NFL. I mean, he was red hot, not good. But I was drawing the bad ones away from him. <laughs> and uh, uh, that. You, you don't you don't you don't think too much about it, but I mean, uh, that happens sometimes. Yeah. And uh, uh, but I don't know I don't know anymore how, how many if they can. If I don't even know if they do a buddy system anymore. I like I said I you know I hadn't done a whole. But lot I tell of, you what I do like. I do like that tournament style. Do you? I would have liked that because yeah I do because see like say Fort Worth for they get eighty eighty bareback. 85 or times that even limit uh 
but it, they basically got on the same amount of horses they did this time. I mean, like last year. So they'd have two go rounds, then they'd have progressive rounds in the short round. Yeah. Well, in those first two rounds, you got to beat 79 guys instead of seven. Yeah. Well, I'm saying. And uh, uh, it was, of course, sir, it, the bad money's increased now and everything, but it, you got a better chance of winning something than, you know, uh, going against that whole field. And I was always probably, better in the aggregate, I thought. I thought I was always better in the aggregate and – you know, if in a tournament style to beat your flight or flight A, you may have to be, you know, you may be in there with a bunch of them, them big name tough guys and, and you know, they're 90, 91, 90, and 89, and they only take the top three out of that flight and you're 88. Whereas in this other flight, they buck everybody off except for a couple guys and they're 65 and 75. Them guys progress on, but my 88 didn't. You know, I always liked that uh, the 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 aggregate because you know if I was because yep. I look at it this I entered Fort Worth <laughs> I entered Fort Worth and I was uh, fifty six one time with no re ride and then I was sixty six on my next one and didn't even make the progressive, but I had a chance I rode both of them you know and uh, I had a better chance I thought of making that progressive round if it was on an aggregate instead of in the tournament style. You know that uh, got your beat, buddy. Yeah, yeah. First time I went to Denver, both of us getting everybody to get throwing the flag, and everybody right there. And I think you got to be deep, mark one out of here. And uh, but I got I got my first one marked out. And they called out a forty forty eight points. And he circled right around the right, but he's kind of running in the circle, and uh, no re ride. Oh man, it's got to be a mistake. I thought I rode him pretty good, you know. And uh, the boy there looked at sheep, sure enough. 48. No re <laughs> no And I kept thinking, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I need to be here or not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, uh, that was a long time ago. And I've yeah. come a long way since then. But that was a moment, you know, with first big rodeo you get a go to. And you're like, yeah. I didn't do too well. You know, but I thought I did well, but they didn't think I did well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can so, tell yeah. you my first pro rodeo was in Lawton, Oklahoma. I just turned 18, bought my PRCA permit, entered Lawton, go up to Lawton. I've got uh, seven a bull colts. Uh, it didn't even, I don't even think he had a name, 78 of Benny, Benny Butler's. And uh, I remember him being a big crooked horn bull, uh, Brennell. He come around the end of the gate, and he stuck his runner's old horn in the dirt and just piled me up over the out gate, just crashed me in there and I got a re ride. And they run in uh I guess this bull come from uh uh Larry Capart because he always had the Roman numerals. He always branded with the Roman numerals on his bulls and this was he his number was one oh one. And uh he was a little brammery, gray brammery little thing. And I mean I took him half squatting and half laying down. I mean he blew up right there and just licked him and got it on and I think I was eighty two 82 points, and uh, I thought I made a heck of a bull ride. I thought, shoot, I'm fixing to win this thing. Cause I'd you, look. Did. you did. No, I did not. Terry Don West <laughs> was hot that year, and he rode one, went about five or six jumps, and turned back in the middle of the pen down there and was 84. 
Michael Gaffney was 85 on one, went down there and hit the clown barrel and then turned back. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I'm a rookie. Here I am. That's but I filled my permit on my very first one. And then I never placed again. I went to, I probably went to, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 rodeos. And they only bucked me off like four or five. I got a lot of day money checks, but that was kind of back when the PRCA and the PBR had their old pissing match and make sure you was, you know, they, they if you was trying to do both, the PBR guys would get put up over a PBR event at a PRCA deal and they'd kind of make you choose. And I didn't like to travel a whole lot, so I went to PBR way. So before we run out of time, I got a question for both of you. Uh-oh. Back when you was riding, was there, you know, nowadays I feel like there's like a lot of more athletes and not cowboys that – can ride horses doctor and you see these guys that's dressed up like skateboarders almost with their their outfits their shorts and their their slides and uh do you see that now was that the the guys that competed back then did they wear that kind of stuff or they always look the cowboy way well you know that's something that uh that i that uh i'm glad you brought that up uh we need we need to, to keep our Western heritage I image agree. alive the best we can. And I mean, uh, a lot of people don't really consider it consider this, but whenever they go to a a, a rodeo or a, say a bull riding, those arenas are that is a competition venue mm-hmm. for cowboys or cowgirls. Yeah, people in the, the people that buy the tickets, they come to see cowboys and cowgirls. Absolutely. So that's what we in our industry we need to be cowboy and cowgirl as much as we can in and out of the arena. Yeah. And we don't need to be we don't need to be trashing the arena up, you know, by wearing short sleeve shirts and ball caps and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, uh, you want to go to the jackpot and go to the jackpot, but when you go to the rodeo. See, I got a short sleeve shirt on right here. If I'm if I'm going to a rodeo, then I'm not, and you know I'm not yeah. working. I'm just gonna watch. Yeah. I'm like, man, I think I'll just wear my short sleeve shirt. Well, I don't even go nowhere near the the arena gate or the back ends or anything because I know that I'm not an official crowd. Yeah. And I'm a. I don't know why I see it. Yeah. And nobody else does. But, uh. But we all need to get this mentality that hey, we need to beat cowboys. Yeah, cowboys, cowgirls, absolutely. Because uh, they may be running up down the highway right now, and everything might be working great, but it can get turked up underneath real fast. Yeah, and uh, doesn't matter what you wear on the road, but when you get to the arena, you need to be. If they're selling tickets there to come see cowboys and cowgirls and a rodeo or a bull riding, be the part. Get in dress. Be the part. That's right. And, uh, Brandon, I think you've seen no. some of that, too. As you're oh, bad. And- it's bad. I, you'll get there, and, and you'll be, you know, pictures go with a hot song, and here comes three bareback riders. And I ain't picking on them, but three bareback riders or bull riders come through. Got a ball cap on backwards and short britches and a tank top. Got on some flip-flops, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Got that and, little hacky sack they're kicking around. Oh, yeah, kicking the hacky around. sack, coming around. I, I mean, that's what I was telling Blake. We, we was talking about this morning. I when I when I get to rodeo, yeah, I'll go up there and set up sound equipment stuff and a t shirt and a ball cap, a pair of jeans. But as soon as I'm done, 
when i go back to that camper trailer my horse trailer whatever when i come back out somebody might see me so when i come back out i'm starched and iron my stuff goes to cleaners i got my cowboy hat on and i look that part because you never know who's looking there who's not who's going to be there those little kids we're trying to steal that in those kids that western way of life and keep that alive and show them what we're about and so i i try to hour and a half two hours for the perf You'll see me start an iron ready roll. That's that's one thing I always hear in the youth side when we go places. Is Brandon Wren always looks professional. His dress, the way he acts, mm-hmm. his whole deal about him, he's professional. And parents, yeah. I hear that a lot, and they but really I don't like make, that. But I don't make myself do that. I was raised like West. I was right. raised in yeah. that lane right. of, of of old cowboys. We, we you know when we talked to him with me the other day, I mean I was, I was a city slicker. Right, but right. when I when I come over and started running with them guys and going to them bull ridings, the very first bull ride I went to, that guy told me, "You're going, we're, here we go. We're going. To, it was a Smitty's Western Wear in downtown Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, <laughs> and we're going to go buy a hat. We're going to go buy a long sleeve shirt, some Wrangler jeans, and some boots. Or you're not going. Right. This was a practice pen. The first thing I went to in my life was a practice pen. But that man, Larry Reynolds, told me, "You're going to look this part if you're going to be the. I wasn't the part." Right. I was a city flat folk. I come straight out of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, wearing my penny loafer shoes. You know what I mean? I was a, I was a city guy. But when he, I went to that rodeo with him, you'd have never known I was from the city. Right. To this day, right. until I said it the other day, people didn't know I wasn't raised yeah. in rodeo or raised in the Western yeah. way of life. Right. Because once I become that part, I stayed that part. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's just like me this summer. I mean, I'm wearing hay do shorts, t-shirts. I got my cowboy hat on. That's how I rode in the summer. But uh, whenever I get to the rodeo, mm-hmm. I'm in jeans, obviously, dirt at least. I, 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 yeah. 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 And that's the thing about it, too, is people don't really realize whenever they come into the town, they're bringing, they're bringing uh, money into the into that mm-hmm. into the economy into the economy brother that's uh paying your your announcers you know what you what you get paid to announce or that's added money to the rodeo or or whatever and it makes it look better towards the rodeo committees and they'll come back and if they see that and they see all the hats and everything in town and around town and in businesses around there them committees will see that because they see the cowboy hat they see the western attire come to town when the rodeo's in town right. And Build they can see the economy boost up, and that makes that that gets them to deep and dig in their pockets a little deeper to put on a bigger and better rodeo next year, just to make it better. Because you're yep. helping your local sponsors out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I tell you what, they ain't nothing no better than a straw hat to keep the sun off of you when you're out in the, the heat anyway. Yeah. Uh, it keep the it keep the sun rays off of you better than a bowl cap. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I play a lot of golf, and I tell you what, I need I, I, uh, I wear a ball cap, and I can tell you right now, the tops of my ears are sunburnt and peeling like a sunny gun. Yep. And uh, I, I know why I they make cowboy man. hats now, and that's to shade the tops of my dad gum ears because them things are red, <laughs> and they, not just red because my wife's mad at me or giving me a tongue lashing either. It's just because it's sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know what I know what you're talking about. I mean, you know. My earlobes get burnt real bad. See, back whenever Dex was alive, he, we bailed hay during the mm-hmm. week. And, rodeo the whole week. and he bailed a lot of hay on the ass. We'd, get, we'd have to bail all day and then haul all, all night. And then, you know, Thursday, Wednesday, 
tell me we had to go to the rodeo. That's when mm. you felt like you had a break, but you're still working. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I got burned out on ice. I think I think every kid in the United States now, from the ages ten to eighteen, they need to go cut hay and bale hay and haul hay, especially square hay. Square bales. Yep. Square they bells. need to square. They need to go load square bales. That needs to be their summer job or their GoFundMe or something. Because I promise you, right now, that'll that'll change the 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 way the world's going right now. I tell you what, every rodeo contestant are today before they start rodeoing. They already go to a contractor. Go with him one week. Help him get ready. Go to the road. That that will change a lot of attitudes right there. Oh yeah, it's not just show up I and bucks and horses. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's. That, a little... it, it takes a lot to get to the road. You know, sometimes, especially you know, uh, like I was working for an outfit up there in uh, Minnesota this summer. Five, am I? Over. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize what it takes to put on a rodeo, the behind the scenes, the the work. Just because a rodeo does not start on Friday at 8 o'clock or whenever it starts. It starts weeks before that in preparation and entries and and getting your stock there and and making sure the trailers have got lights and their tires are aired up and – you know, everything and, 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 and the sponsors the, in order, and, and communication every, with the committees and arenas yes. you're going to, and yeah. I mean, it's a it's yep. a never ending story. Yep. That phone never yep. stops ringing, and uh, it it's it goes into a lot. And for Ward Rodeo Company and West to be around seventy five years. years and raise and, and JC raised twelve kids. Uh, and yep. and never never work for nobody but himself, man. That's my hat, crazy. I'm gonna tell yep. you right now that is an achievement that I don't know that'll be top. Somebody's gonna have to come come prove it to me because I don't know I don't know that that's gonna be beat in uh, a, a, a hell of a bareback rider and, and, and a kick ass rodeo announcer has come from that. And uh, hard work creates a lot of things. Well, you know it's just uh, hard work and. And just being dedicated, mm-hmm. you know. There's years there where Dad didn't do, do no good in the rodeo, but he just kept staying in there, staying, staying, and then finally, you no know, year or two later, you know, better years to come. And uh, you just got to be able to uh, have that no quit attitude. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's something yeah. else to be said it's too. It's not the outwit; not, it's outlast. But yep. something yep. else to be said too. You wouldn't be doing this if you didn't love it. That's right. I mean, you've got to love it. You know, and and we joke about it a lot. If you want to make a million dollars in rodeo, you need to start with two million, you know, because you're going to lose the first million, (laughs) you know. But it's out of the love of the sport. And, and, you know, we talk a lot of controversy on this show. We we talk a lot of PBR controversy and and shoot everything down and, and talk a lot about the negative stuff. But if it wasn't because our love of the sport, if we wasn't trying to make it better or bring to light some of these issues, we wouldn't do it. If we didn't care about it, we wouldn't even talk about it. It wouldn't even right. be worth my time. I've got better things to be doing other than this. But I love I love the sport of rodeo. I love bull riding. I love everything about it. And, and man, I'm dedicated, and I'll always be that way. Because you started as a true blue fan first. You're still a fan. Yep. No I matter sure what am. you do in your career, you still got to be a fan. Absolutely. Yep. And Wes, uh, yeah. I, I commend you I on one. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. I've been around rodeos all my life, and that's all I've ever done is work, 
Brody. Well, you got a fence. Look, look at it this way. Look at it this way. You got a fencing company. How the where did you learn how to build fence? Well, whenever your dad's uh, rodeo company, bulls and all the bulls, man, all the bulls on the neighbors. fence. That's exactly how you learn how to build fence. It was out of necessity, and you did that yeah. because you loved the sport, and it turned into a job. and And you you say you know it, it times went by fast and everything, and, and hard times and everything. Well, it doesn't seem like it's been it's been hard times or what because when you love your job and you're dedicated to it it doesn't feel like a job amen, amen. Mm-hmm. that's a uh you know a lot of people don't get to do what they want to do uh, I, I feel very blessed i mean i've had nice homes and families and just that several wives and, uh, <laughs> All named Kelly. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm at home when I'm at a road. Yeah. Yep. But it, it's it's kind of a, a lot of people don't ever get to see this or experience this because they're already gone. The next day after the rodeo's over and everybody's gone, it, it's kind of a, uh, it's a lot different. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of life and everything in that, in that arena. Mm-hmm. And Everybody's gone. It's, the life is gone. You know? yeah. It's, it's a, lonely, a lonely four days to the next one. Yeah. Hey, the road it, goes. It, it is. <laughs> what is it? The party never the road the road goes, goes over and the party never ends. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't like having weeks off. You know, some people mm-hmm. say, well, yeah, I like having a break off. Well, this year, I actually had four weeks off. In prime time rodeo season, that's a month. Yeah, and uh, that's not good. No, it's not good for a man's pocketbook. It's not good for nothing. And then you get when you're sitting at home, you're wondering what you what you what you're doing because you're supposed to be, you know, yeah. There you go. Well, Wes, we're going to put you out there, and man, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll get you back on. We're just kind of running out of time here, man. I, uh, we had talked earlier. I'm glad I got you on. Glad we got got part of your story. I mean, what I, I don't think we can ever get anybody's the whole story, but uh, not 75 years worth. Yeah, for not sure. 75 years worth. And uh, Wes, man, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy time, busy day, and uh, getting on here with us. And uh, shoot, we'll see you down the whenever, road, buddy. Whenever you told me you was going to do this, I'm like, that's a great thing. Really. And uh, I thank you for having yeah. Brandon Rennie, good to see you again, Good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you. Always looked up to you. Well, hey, guys, if y'all are in the rodeo market and y'all are putting on rodeos and y'all need an announcer, give a Wild West Ward a call. He's he's more than just a rodeo, I promise, and, and you'll enjoy him. He's professional in every way, and we're glad to have him. And, and hey, if you guys liked our show, you liked our episode, keep watching here at Pro Bull Talk. And uh, until next time, go like us on all, all the Facebook channels and and uh, platforms and everything we've got out and all the major podcast platforms. Give us a listen. Give us a like. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>